Hey, welcome to the Shout Now podcast. This month, I'm joined by Audrey and Lauren from The Girl Who Cried Wolf and Nova Sound Studios. We'll be chatting about new music from Arab Strap, Lemon Drink, Weekend Debt, Lizzie Reed, Riley and Club Beirut. Check out the show notes for links to my guests and the music we chat about. Head over to Twitter and follow at the Shout Now pod for more info on future episodes. Hello. How's it going? Hello, it's going good. How are you? Not too bad, not too bad. You guys are in studio? Yes, yes, we are. We're in our studio, Nova Sound. So we've, we've got a wee bubble going on for the old for the old COVID isolation rules and all that. Yeah, so I guess we've been in the lucky camp of folk that can still like physically go to work. I think there's something to be said for like leaving home to like yeah. go and be either productive or creative. So yeah, we've felt really lucky for the actual space of the studio, especially this last year. So yeah, uh, that's we are this morning totally i never thought i'd utter the sentence i miss commuting yeah was... no, totally there's i think there's something that shifts isn't there like when you know you're going to a place like your your mindset shifts it's really hard to kind of get in a different zone when you're just sitting in in the house all the time so yeah no we've, we've definitely felt lucky for the for the space yeah i've got a, a friend who every morning wakes up gets dressed puts their jacket on walks to the coffee shop gets a coffee and comes back and like that's like i've commuted i'm at work now that's it that's me i've I've done a commute um so yeah and what all you guys been listening to recently yeah well i think we've we've been listening we've actually been pretty busy in the studio so we're fortunate in that we get to work with a lot of scottish artists so um we were chatting about this earlier and i think two of our most recent favourites have been we've been working with Becky Wallace awesome. on her album, which came out sort of towards the end of last year. Mm-hmm. Um, which is like it was really good. We were we were producing it and she was predominantly like she's a singer-songwriter that's been kicking kicking about for for a few years. And this was her second album, and she was just like, I just want to do something a bit different with it, like yeah. instead of the, the acoustic guitar. So she gave us loads of freedom and we had a great time making that album yeah and just in terms of her like I think for both of us like the lyrical content of what Becky does um just in terms of like a yeah just a kind of female talking about a a quite a formative stage of her life just becoming uh, a mother and just kind of all the challenges that that comes with like a like a woman's uh, identity at that time in their life and yeah she was just really frank and really um yeah, I think her I think her lyrical stuff is really unapologetic. It's quite stark and stuff. So I think when we were in the studio, you kinda you focus on like our sort of bit of it, but then sometimes you just hear a lyric off guard. And I think that's the best way of collaborating is when someone yeah. gets you listening every time. And Becky's music definitely done that. So yeah, it was a really nice project to be part of but it was a really cool way to to hear her music for the first time like as we were working on it so yeah definitely becky's becky's stuff at the moment awesome nice one nice one because i know that like when especially on the production end of things you you never get sick of hearing songs never ever because every song you ever work on is the greatest (laughs) thing ever and you'd happily listen to it a million times on repeat but every now and again you do get to the point that i'm just going to mute that just totally yeah i I think i think as well you, you can work with loads of people that like potentially it's not like music that you may or may not listen to but I think Becky's music falls into the category of music that naturally both of us would be into so then getting the opportunity to put our stamp on it and actually try and elevate it in a way and maybe try and kind of reimagine it with a bit of a different uh, approach with production and stuff was a really cool challenge so yeah it's nice to be working with artists that you're learning from their writing as you as you work awesome nice one well speaking on 
music <laughs> that you like. I sent you guys over six tunes. You all had yeah. a listen. Um, which one would you like to start with? So I think the Arab Strap track yeah. was the first one that we listened to. Um, yeah. And we listened separately, actually. We didn't listen mm-hmm. in the studio together, so maybe there'll be some some uh, difference of opinions, <laughs> but maybe not. Maybe our listening and our tastes have just merged <laughs> exactly. so Exactly. So yeah, um, here comes Comus. What did you guys think? Uh, I think with, like, personally, I'm always kind of drawn to the, the rhythm and the beat, like, as a drummer. So whatever I listen to, that's kind of my first uh, go-to. So I guess the, the the sound of it, like the, the snare sound was the sort of, what I was drawn to and I think you might have been as well because it was that kind of gated and kind of almost 80s sound um, which to be honest I'm not like I'm not overly familiar with Arab Strap uh, I know some of their stuff and I've I've seen them like a couple of times in passing like at festivals um, but it's not a band that I would normally like that I would on but not out of any like bad reason or anything um totally. but yeah so I, I felt like the sound of it wasn't really what I was expecting it kind of felt that sort of almost like familiar like 80s quite yeah. nostalgic and I felt like you were kind of just settling into it and getting comfortable and then it kind of switched up at the chorus like there was that little sort of jump in the beat and I think it gave it that little uneasy feeling which I quite like like I, as much as I like music that you kind of know and I think yeah. again as a drummer and us as producers like there is a predictability with a lot of music that you listen to you can anticipate what's coming next but um I felt like when the first chorus came in I was like oh what's that yeah. like it felt like you'd kind of tripped tripped over your feet or something exactly. um so I was then looking forward to that coming back in so yeah that's what I was kind of yeah I, th- I think it's just that actually we, the first time you hear that hook like just the the word setting of it um obviously it sort of matches that little jump and I think there's something to be said for because obviously the rest of the piece is like this kind of this story that progresses and we don't really revisit any ideas at all like we just kind of keep moving and learning about this character and I, I guess you get immersed in that sense that I think in any song um you do want something to to hold on to a little bit and I think with that hook when you hear it again even though there is something jarring about it there's also something familiar so I think it's quite cleverly placed and then when it comes back I think when it's a hook like that it makes the listener feel like there's something a wee bit more accomplished about like oh I I got it that time I knew Mm. it was coming and I think there's that wee payoff like for the listener so yeah for me I, I think always because the spoken words are so free-flowing and not tied to anything I thought the yeah the placement of that little vocal rhythm on the on the hook was what kind of was what kind of got me um I I really liked it I I don't listen to any Arab strap so I was like I said to Audrey I was like oh no like I'm gonna lose uh, Scottish music points I really don't listen to them um but I really enjoyed it I've actually been um listening to more 
poetry set to music because of like another job that I'm working on at the moment, trying to kind of get young people excited yeah. about uh, kind of fusing poetry and music. So I've been trying to find uh, work that does that uh, to get young folk excited. And yeah, this felt like that style of listening, becoming immersed and not just becoming passive. So yeah, I thought it was really cool. I like this one. Malcolm and Aiden always have like the greatest arrangements in tunes. And it's exactly that thing of like, I'd hope that they know where the song's going when they write it. But like, <laughs> <laughs> you can have that moment of like, I didn't expect this here. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, proper 80s vibes. They're playing um, Barrowlands in September. And they were the first gig tickets I bought since lockdown. And when that gig was announced, I was like, yep, don't care. Buy them. Need just go. that's it. <laughs> that's going. Um, and yep. Just go, that's me. Nothing. I, if even if the gig's not on, I'm going. I don't care. I'll just stand outside. <laughs> just outside. Yeah. yeah. Just that'll be me. With the album on your headphones. Exactly. Yeah. Just, I'll have a great I'll find oh. I'll find a live album and I'll just put it on and I'll be there in my head. It'll be fine. Oh fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. So yeah, lemon drink. Yeah, we we heard that's right, isn't it? We we heard lemon drink play like in a really stripped back setting at one stage together. Yeah, it was, um, in, a, it was in a pub in the West End, and it was like a, a Sunday afternoon stripped back set, and that yeah. was the first time. So that was our kind of like way into them. their music, I think. Yes. So to now kind of like I suppose hear that in its fully produced mm-hmm. form. It was nice to kind of feel the correlation between like, oh, I still like whether it's the tone of our voice or whether it's like certain melodic little devices mm-hmm. that I'm like, oh, I actually remember that from the acoustic setting. Yeah. I think that's really important with a band where the, the sort of regardless of the production choice that the thing at the heart of it is like got that wee sense of identity. So I did not like again, like with Lemon Drink, I don't know everything they've ever released but certainly for for me like I heard there was definitely an affinity between what we heard when it was just Mm -hmm. two of them in a pub um and the and the fully produced track so I think for me I was sort of into the vocal kind of arrangements that were happening like particularly later in the track um I think as well because there's such repetition in the lyric that when it got a wee moment to breathe and like the kind of middle eight it was just kind of like this breakdown section and there was lots of like really cool treatment of backing vocals and it was all quite ethereal um, and it was kind of like there was some I don't know almost some sort of mad like Kate Bush kind of scoopy stuff happening in the vocals and I I love all that kind of stuff and we've certainly been experimenting with vocal layering and and almost treating vocals as a different texture sometimes um, as opposed to just that that lead uh, element of a a song so I, I really yeah, I really perked my ears up was that section in particular. Um, and the energy of the track was was cool and I was really into it. But for me, that that wee moment was when I was like, oh, like yeah, I want to learn yeah. from that. I probably want to listen to this again and, and hear a little bit more about where they're placed. Um, so yeah, I, I really like that section. Yeah. I think yeah. I was the same as you. Like with like I, I like the the sort of the whole feel of it. I thought it had a, again, it was kind of 80s, like kind of following on from the Arab yeah. one. Um, and uh, yeah, but I, I think when it when it started to sort of almost feel a wee bit repetitive with the lyrics. Not that I'm adverse to that. Like I I, I do quite like songs that that have like repetitive yeah. words in it. That because it's kind of it's more associated with like dance music. But I quite like when it's brought into like a 
a pop song or, yeah. or a, an indie tune or whatever. But um, yeah, I felt like when it kind of went into that build, it just it just broke it up. Like when you were kind of again, that it's you just want your ears to kind of get a wee a wee shock and mm, have yeah. a wee bit of a, a a refreshing moment. And I think that was definitely it. Like there was yeah. loads going on, and then I feel like when the chorus came in after that. It sounded like a there was a bit more attack on it, and I think maybe mm-hmm. even a wee bit of distortion or something on the the lead vocal there as well, which perked my ears up because, like Lauren was saying, we've been experimenting with a lot of that sort of stuff. So it's nice to hear it in music that's like pretty different from the, the music that we make. Yeah, it's funny as well. Like I think with a lot of the tunes on this playlist, like in terms of defining genre, it was maybe like kind of like tricky. But I think that might be a good thing. I think there was almost like the elements of like what punk does in terms of just the drive and the repetition yeah. and stuff, it might actually be more attuned to that, but not that it kind of like sonically feels that punky. Um, yeah. But I think there's, there's something nice in that is just kind of like having those questions running through your head a, as you listen, um, almost yeah. like that kind of wee learning curve as you listen. So yeah, there's definitely some cool elements of this one that, that I like. Totally. Yeah. It's kind of got that, like, I'm going to offend two entire genres of human at the same time. So I can't wait yeah. to see if I leave this one in. But like, it's almost like grunge pop. It's not, it's like, yeah, maybe grunge, it's grunge. Yeah, maybe rather pop, than but punk. Not yeah. pop, but grunge in this kind of weird, like, people who like grunge would be offended at the word pop, and people who like pop would be offended at the word grunge. So it's yeah. a great genre to have. Um, yeah, it's kind of, po- it's like polished grunge, isn't it? Because, you know, like yeah. that kind of grunge is usually that kind of, it's a bit, dirty sounding yeah. or whatever yeah. but with this it's like it's definitely get the kind of clean mm-hmm. like but like you'd hear it in the radio like. exactly and there's something to be said about the accessibility of that because if it's a band that are inspired by like grunge or punk or whatever that is is it's then that discussion of being like how do we want audiences to receive this like can we actually treat it in a way that makes it uh, more accessible to more people and I think that's more like a commercial version of perhaps like what, what they're inspired by is what they've achieved like with that like you said there's more there's definitely a clean like I, I don't mean marketable in terms of money I mean marketable in terms of it's it's like, like folk can get into it straight off the bat there's nothing there's no barrier in terms of what you're listening to if that makes sense totally exactly is that kind of like truthful to the genre but like it's also Packed that nice in a way yeah. that is going to suit the masses, I think. Yeah, exactly. yeah, totally. Exactly. Why don't you realize I fancy you so much? You've been spending lots of time with him when we could be wiped up. I know you think he's nice, I know you want to stay, but I'm killing my lungs just so you can look the other way. Yeah, so weekend debt, I think we're next on the list. Proper good indie tune. I think it's that. Yeah. It's just sometimes it's like there's not um there's not anything not new to say, but I mean like sometimes you just kind of you need songs to deliver certain things. I think I was saying that to Audrey when we kind of got in this morning. I think out of all of them, that was the one that made me sort of think of a live setting the most. It just felt like it's instantly transferable and ready for an audience to engage with. And I think they kind of captured that live stage energy in the recordings whereas I think some of the others on the playlist they feel like studio productions that have maybe got you know elements of it that, that wouldn't 
uh, maybe translate live or that wouldn't be yeah. as necessary live, etc. So I think like with that one, yeah, there was just a kind of instantaneous kind of live energy as soon as the track started that, yeah, it gave you that wee pang of like, oh, remember the days. Yeah, <laughs> when, remember you're, yeah when you're like in a crowd of folk and yeah, it's just kind of loud and energetic and in the moment and stuff. So that definitely was was that for me. And sometimes I think that's, it's, it's good when songs just deliver that and it, you know, it doesn't yeah. need to be more or less than that. Um, I don't know about you. Was that yeah, the kind of same? I, I think the same kind of thing. And I think they're doing like, as you're, as you sort of realise when you're in the, the Scottish music scene, like I think something that Scottish bands do so well is that kind of like indie rock. Yeah. It's just kind of sing, sing along, you know, like, and I, I thought like the, it seems like they're kind of the lyrics in this song anyway are just they're pretty light-hearted and kind of reminded me of like the Fratellis or something yeah. like that, like that kind of a wee bit of cheekiness to it. Um I felt like structurally as well, there was like a little kind of breakdown, and I, I don't know if it's a kind of halftime bit. I I I may be speaking out, but uh the sort of structurally they actually ended with that wee section that I think we only hear twice. And I actually was just like, yeah, just in terms of choice and in terms of what we what we hear twice, I actually quite liked that. And yeah. I think in a live setting, uh again, it's that you still want that wee element of surprise while delivering exactly what everyone bought their ticket for. And I think yeah. little kind of subtle choices like that can can make that work. Um, so yeah, that definitely perked my ears up at the end of the track rather than it just being like the double chorus that, that fades yeah. out sort of thing. I thought that was a nice choice. Uh, I, I like that. But totally. It's like, as you say, like sometimes you just want to go to a band that checks a box that you're like, I want to listen to this there's that band and like yeah. Yeah. and it's not to it's it's not to diminish the work that goes into that because i think even the choices of like the sounds of the guitars the way the vocals mix and i think that the, the the fact the lead singer and bands of that nature like in terms of vocals like there does need to be a lot of power there like to carry that it it, it can't really be thin or, or weak and sometimes yeah. it goes without notice I suppose like the control that's actually happening there but certainly the lyric that moves from the bridge into the chorus like yeah. it's a proper belt and I think like again in a live setting um, that's what carries the energy a lot of the time um, and I think in other uh, songs or examples on this playlist like the vocals don't need to pack that much punch because they're treated in a way like in a studio environment that really um I suppose enhances them but I think yeah. with that one there was just like natural power um in his voice which was cool exactly exactly it's that kind of nice like it's again super clean production really well <clears throat> done but like there's nothing there that doesn't need to be there and there's nothing yeah. there that if you went to gig you'd go where's that instrument gone kind yeah, of yeah I think, I think it's that it's just capturing the live band energy and in, in the recording for sure exactly which is all you need for an indie banger that's that's the rules. Exactly. It is the rules. <laughs> I'm in the go to bar ride, feeling incredible. And if I go to his tonight, will you feel terrible? Mm-hmm. Lizzie Reed recorded this apparently right before the first lockdown. Producer came up, they locked themselves in a house for a while, churned it all out, which is kind of awesome to have got all that done in such a short amount of time. Um, So what did you guys think? That's funny you should say that, because I I thought this one sounded kind of like a 
quite a lo-fi like production as if it was as if it was like maybe a home recording and that's what I quite liked about it especially yeah. after hearing like listening to the weekend day and lemon drink and Arab Strap, which is all very much like polished proper and in yeah. to comma studio recording so I felt like this one felt a wee bit kind of more like understated um I could I've Again, I've heard of Lassie Reed, but I, I've not really heard, I, I can't pinpoint like any specific songs. So I was quite interested to to listen to this one in particular. And I quite like the, the sort of natural singing with your accent, because there is a bit of a trend with where it's like everyone needs to be like so super Scottish. So yeah, I quite like just the, the, the sound and tone of her voice. And it kind of reminded me of like maybe Soak or James Vincent McMorrow yeah. or something, just that kind of gentle approach. And then obviously it, it, I see it kicks in, like it does sort of gradually build yeah. towards the end, but can definitely hear, obviously the producer head is going and you can definitely hear like a bigger, like fuller production of it. But I would actually quite like to to, um, to remix this or like, or hear a, a remix of it. Yeah. I think you could do some pretty cool mm-hmm. um like I, I, yeah, I think there's a lot you could do with it because it is so much about like the the vocal and and yeah. what she's saying. Yeah, I think I think the choice to have it as sparse at the beginning means that you're totally honing in on on her, and I, I think her delivery there is something understated. Even the way it's mixed, it's like it feels dry and, and natural. Um, and even I, like a wee bit hissy, like yeah, you can hear yeah. the room. And but again, you know it it's works. choice. It's not like um, yeah. you, you can you can tell that's kind of to try and evoke like a certain kind of tone and emotion and stuff. And I think it draws attention. Like some of the lyrics are pretty visceral. Like at the it's sort of obviously at the opening of the track, and I quite like as well with any lyricist I think sometimes like simplicity uh, of phrasing is actually like what kind of hits you the most so I think there was a really it was like a really cute line when she said like oh would that make you feel terrible or like I'd feel incredible or it almost there's like a kind of childlikeness to that um whereas like in in other places the lyrical content is obviously much more mature and, and more thought and considered but sometimes yeah I think the almost kind of playfulness of how a child might say something like would that make you feel terrible I quite like that yeah. I just don't really hear uh yeah words like that in songs very often so I think she's playing with words and playing with her delivery of them and then I also think like just the choice of she just goes away she just disappears and it just becomes this lush kind of instrumental thing and I do think it leaves you pining a wee bit for like you want her to come back and sort of say mm-hmm. something else yeah. but she doesn't and then that kind of there's a bit of an unease and a wee bit of an imbalance in that for me and I guess the sort of the the formulaic approach would be well she'll need to come back and yeah. reiterate something and the fact she doesn't I think there's just a boldness in that um, that I really liked and I probably maybe wouldn't have the, not the guts, but I probably wouldn't have the the forethought to do that. Um, but actually the impact of her not coming back was one of the things I, I enjoyed most about the song. And we're talking about like, oh, our voice, our voice is the yeah. main thing, but there's like two and a half minutes where she's not even in it. So yeah. it says a lot for when she is in there um, and the sort of power that she has when she's there. So I really like this one. I think there was definitely something quite instant, quite visceral about what she was doing. So um, yeah, I thought it was a really cool track. Yeah, totally. It had that kind of like closeness about mm. it. Like sometimes you hear a recording and like you can hear, it sounds like you're listening to someone playing something in a room over there 
that you've just put headphones yeah. on to listen to. Whereas I think it was like maybe like something to do like the double track of the vocals at the start, but just like it's almost like kind of right in your face. It's yeah, just there's like, like an intimacy right in it. There. Yeah. And that kind of like yeah, strip that thing. It was ace. I even broke out my higher music concepts wow. here. Because oh, I couldn't nice. remember. Because I, I should be delighted. <laughs> I just couldn't get the word in my head. So Google helped me find the word counterpoint. Wow. There you go. And then I was instantly taken <laughs> back to like sat in higher music going, this is stupid. I just want to play Nirvana. And then now I sit here and teach people the same things and have them sit and go, this is stupid. I just want to play Nirvana. <laughs> it's fine. It's karma. I'm sure it's karma. <laughs> country music yes some country music yeah riley which i'm I, i'm just assuming that i'm pronouncing everyone's name correctly because i have a wonderful I don't th- even there's no difficult one so far just i'm really good at getting easy names <laughs> wrong so yeah that kind of like bluegrass pop kind of thing i've been listening to a lot of bluegrass stuff recently which i think is part of the reason that when i heard this song i was like oh yeah oh, i like this yeah it totally reminded me of like jade bird-esque kind of like trying to again like we're talking about taking the roots of a style like that but maybe kind of trying to treat it with a wee bit of a commercial edge yeah. just so it feels quite uh yeah listener ready maybe like just a wee bit more um accessible in that way so i, I think the we'd seen jade bird live i, I think the kind of i think the marriage that needs to happen between the vocal and the the band um yeah, I think that was kind of like rooted in the same feel as as that music. Mm-hmm. And I think as uh, Riley, again, as an artist that like I hadn't heard before, like I think as her writing and production and stuff develops, I think that will probably be the thing that defines like what she makes is just mm-hmm. that affinity between her vocal and the, uh, and the band sound. So yeah, it did give me a sort of Jade Bird feel yeah. like when it first started. Yeah, I thought it was a wee bit cheesier than... Jade Bird, it was pretty, I mean, to hear it, I was kind of like, it sounds like country type yeah. lyrics. And the, the, so I think for maybe what she's going for, like that's, it totally is that. But yeah, yeah I kind of, from not really knowing who, like, who she is or anything, like it's, it definitely sounded like kind of maybe somebody in the early stages of their, their kind of music career. Yeah, I think she's kind of, I think I remember reading that she's kind of early 20s. Um, kind of thing this is like her second single I think the first one hit like top 40 on the iTunes mm-hmm. chart I think um, which is kind of why I, I think there's like a wee sp- like with the Wild Rose stuff that happened yeah. in the Jade Bird stuff and I think there's maybe like there's definitely like a marketability of that kind of thing and I, I totally get what you're saying in terms of like of what exists it's maybe mm-hmm. like uh, it's still to be developed like yeah. a little bit but I think it's sort of like uh, sonically anyway as soon as you hear it you kind of know what box it's supposed to fit into yeah. and, and, and all that stuff so yeah I, I think for folk that are into country then it might be a nice kind of lead I think as well in. it's probably one of the maybe the only artist on the list that's like probably would have maybe more of a fan base not in Scotland like I yeah. think all mm-hmm. the other artists would would start like here whereas you've got when it's the country stuff there is like a much it, it is a huge 
scene, yeah. like global scene. So I, I think I can imagine like she'll get playlisted like on like American mm-hmm. uh, playlists and yeah. stuff like that. So and I guess for that reason you do try and treat the elements of the song like as universally as possible. So whether that to some listeners it's just like the lyrics are a little cheesy, it does make it like appropriate for lots of different audiences in lots of different places whereas I think like a lot of what defines the other music on this playlist is like the locality of it like you feel Scottish when you listen and there evokes like a Scottishness in terms of the landscapes they talk about and the characters they talk about so I guess that uh, element of locations taken away from Mm -hmm. from this track and yeah maybe kind of opens it up to to newer audiences for sure I've got a little money Band Club Beirut, Beirut. There, I knew I'd butcher that one. I jinxed myself. <laughs> I knew it. Good old indie pop banger instead of just an indie banger. Um, yes. I kind of I was torn between adding this one in or not, but then because of the production stuff, I was like, yeah, I'm gonna send this over to them because it's is that kind of like like weekend debts, kind of just proper good indie tune, but then it's got all that extra layer of like the vocal mm-hmm. effects and like a flanger and a drum kit will never will never not sound good. So I don't care what anyone says, just every not every song should have a flanger or a phaser and a drum kit for obvious reasons, but more should. And this one does. Um, so yeah, what did you guys think? Yeah, I think it just kind of re- reiterates the sort of weekend date thing, but like what you're saying, like with the um, production wise, I, I think having these two bands on the list kind of shows um, that Scot- Scotland is really like punching now like with the the level of production not to say that we we weren't before but I think there's always going to be bands that sound like this coming from any city but particularly Scotland um with the kind of the little quirks that come with the kind of people and culture of of this country um and I think it's good to to hear that the the production it's not as if you would hear a a band like that and be like oh it's it's like a poor man's something or yeah. whatever you know like it's the, the the production level i think is just as good as is anywhere else yeah. in the world yeah. and we, we've actually just been mastering a track for a welsh band awesome. and when you hear it you're like oh it's not to say like oh because they're from wales yeah. like it doesn't yeah. make a difference but i'm just meaning in terms of like they're just kind of like they sound like this <laughs> so yeah. you're just kind of like for each I think any kind of city has that that kind of sound. So yeah, for me again, it's it's that same thing of like it's not anything that I haven't heard before, but it's it's done well and it's got that kind of live energy that Lauren was talking about. It's polished. It's it's pretty big sounding. Um, I actually kind of miss just hearing the kind of rougher sounding stuff. Like yeah, I, I think I think it's getting a bit too polished. I think it's like definitely with a with one like this, you sort of you do kind of instantly ask like 
are those production choices coming from the band or from the producer? Yeah. And I think for us, like obviously getting given like a band set up like that, a lot of the time, like you do have conversations with bands of being like, what do you want to add? Like, cause we could mix it and polish it. And it just feels like all the elements that it needs are there kind of like the weekend day. Yeah. And then I think if that additional, like those additional sonic layers need to be there, it's always worth asking the question why. And um, because I think there's so many trends that happen in production. That's like, we need kind of ambient synth layers and we need mm. to do this with the vocals and I think that is like it's almost like like a trend so it'd be interesting with the band to know whether that's something that kind of pins their sound like for them or if it's just something they were experimenting with yeah. or something they would continue and develop further the just quality and stuff you can get from a laptop and a USB microphone that I think so many artists that have over lockdown gone okay well we can't all meet in a room to write so let's write at home and send each other stuff mm -hmm. and it goes from being what would be someone rock up with a guitar and play a part and then share it out now you record the part but then you add a little drum kit in to be like well this is the kind of thing i was going for and then oh well i'll add the bass part in because like it sounds weird without bass now and oh look i've downloaded a new virtual plugin let's add some of this and that kind of it always just grows and grows and grows and yeah, and they, but it's even like just writing wise, like you're saying, like everyone's been forced to kind of switch it up with their writing, and we've we experienced that, like with so our band is the, the as you know the girl who yeah. cried wolf, and we we were kind of very much like drums, loading on keys and vocals, and we would produce all our tracks and everything, but because of the lockdown, we we did we run a gigs lined up, which we were was kind of our sort of biggest yeah. run of gigs that we had uh, last March. And obviously it all got cancelled, a couple of festival things as well. And we just used the time to really focus on the writing and the production. And we had to switch up the way that we would, the way that we would write because we couldn't at that point be in the studio together because yeah. you weren't, you weren't allowed to be near anybody. Yeah. So, um, so we kind of ended up totally changing the sound and it became more of a, like a, like a shots each sort of thing. Yeah. So like I would come in and, and make some beats or like makes make up a track and then Lauren would come in the next day and we would just alternate and come in and be like, right, I've I've tweaked this in the arrangement yeah. and then I would come in and change something and then Lauren would come in and do all the vocals and everything. So it was still very much collaborative and we were both yeah. working on it together, but it was like one at a time. And and I think yeah. we've actually continued with that like since we're still in the studio together. But now but um but we've kind of continued with that and it's actually I think pushed us to to improve um and really work on our skills instead of just just writing a song and just not doing enough but like I think we've had that freedom there yeah. um yeah and I think lots of bands will be going through that just mm -hmm. like you said folks that are now having it just the very means of staying in a band means that you kind of need to learn how to demo and share ideas yeah. and stuff and I think it'll really switch up the kind of yeah, just the sort of the process of writing for some bands just had formulas before that might just like have been totally blown to bits during all this, which is in some ways it might be a positive thing. So I, I think what's been really healthy to see, I mean, these songs are an example of it. And then the wider like picture still is that in Scotland, creativity is still like shining through like total adversity in terms of the output that's happening, um, the quality of even like the visual stuff that's coming yeah. out of Scotland as well as um, the music that's been released. So I think there's absolute promise for what what's to come. But I just think for each individual band, 
um, that translation of going back to the live setting or moving into a new live setting will yeah, it'll almost be like different versions of every band yeah. that you end up mm-hmm. seeing. You might never see the band on stage again in the same way, but yeah, maybe that's maybe that's an exciting thing. So yeah, we kind of throughout swap back and forward chatting about some of the other bands and things, but are there any that you are like, I'm going to go and see them when we're allowed to all be in a sweaty room together? I'd love to see Lizzie Reed perform live for sure. Um, I think, yeah, out of all of them, that was the one that made me feel the most connected. So I guess it would be really nice to kind of hear and see that happen in a live set. And I imagine that would be elevated, that sense of just kind of hanging on on what she's saying and, and kind of like hearing her story yeah. through her music. So yeah, I'd definitely be keen to see to see Lizzie perform. Awesome. Yeah, I'm the, I'm the same. I think that was the kind of the one I was most drawn to. But I think I'm, I'll definitely have a listen to more Arab strap. Yeah. <laughs> I know that sounds... <laughs> They're like Scottish greats, yeah. and I'm like, ah, no, they were okay. I think I'll, I think I'll check them out. But have they got ten albums or something? Uh, but yeah, I definitely, I think before I, I did have a wee bit of a preconception about Arab Strap and kind of thought it's cool, but it's it's just not for me. Um, because they've been brought up a lot, I think, as well, as well, especially like because the work that the music that we yeah. make is like very kind of lyric based and spoke like kind of spoken word hip hop elements so Arrowstrap do get kind of mentioned to me yeah. quite a lot um, but yeah I think after hearing that one I'm like I'll, I'll definitely like properly listen to them and I think there's definitely stuff that I that I would really like about them so totally but yeah that, and then Lizzie Reed as well I would like to see her live thank you so much again for coming along and having a chat as much as all the bad bad boo Covid lockdown bad boo it means things like this are way more easier to arrange than an option yeah definitely no it's nice it's nice to just like talk about music that's happening that's new and yeah I think there is just definitely hope for all that stuff coming back we just need to be patient but yeah it's, it's great what you're doing and thanks for inviting us no, along thanking you thanking you so there we have it episode two of the shout now podcast i'd like to thank audrey and lauren again for coming along and having a chat about some of the awesome new music that was released this month we didn't have time to chat about all the music that came out in february so head over to at the shout now pod on twitter and let us know some of your favorites from the past month 